everyone, it's Krista Bontrager and I'm your tour guide this year as we go through the Bible as part of the Route 66 campaign for Grace Church of Glendora. This is the Points of Interest podcast where we preview this week's reading and get you ready to get into the Word of God. Are you ready? Here we go. Hello and welcome to week 11. This week we're going to be going from start to finish all the way through the book of Joshua. We're turning to a new genre of literature. We've just left the law and now we're going back into a historical narrative. So it should be much easier to understand. We're just going to hit a few highlights here as we work our way through the book of Joshua and talk about some of the things that you'll want to look for this week as you're reading through the book. In the early chapters, we're going to see a certain amount of repetition of themes and story constructions that we're going to want to look out for. First, we're going to kind of see the passing of the baton from Moses to Joshua. There's a little recapping there of events from the end of Deuteronomy. And Joshua is encouraging the people to choose the Lord. The spies get sent into Jericho, which is going to be their first conquest once they reach the land. And they go there, they meet Rahab and She's a great character in the Bible. If you look in Matthew's genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter one, Rahab is one of the three women that are mentioned in the book of Matthew. And she's a Gentile. She's just a fascinating biblical character. Then the spies come back, they give their report, and then the people get ready to cross the Jordan. And here we have kind of a reenactment of the parting of the Red Sea. Only this time it's the parting of the Jordan. And we see this periodically in scripture when um, there's been a, a great prophet and he's handing off the baton to someone else. We see similar thing uh, between Elijah and Elisha. There's this, Uh, an amount of repetition of miracles and also between Jesus and the apostles in the early chapters of the book of Acts, there's some repetition of miracles. And so what we have here is a crossing of the Red Sea. And the purpose of these repetitions is to reinforce that the same God who was with Moses is also empowering and giving wisdom to Joshua. And so when they cross the Jordan River into the promised land, they immediately begin the strategy to attack Jericho. And once they get into the promised land, they build a memorial. Then they circumcise the second generation of men. They celebrate the Passover and then they get ready to attack Jericho. The attack on Jericho is very quick. Uh, Rahab is rescued and God gives them great victory. But then almost immediately we read in chapter seven that Achan uh, engages in sin. He takes some of the things that they were supposed to burn at Jericho and destroy. He takes them back to the camp. And then when they go out on their next conquest to the city of Ai, they don't have great victory. Rather, uh, there's a great defeat. And so then Joshua's got to try to get to the bottom of things. What happened? Why didn't we win? Well, again, this is another repetition where we had great victory and then great defeat. 
this kind of mirrors the pattern of God granting great victory when the people cross the Red Sea. But then it almost immediately when the people get to Sinai, they engage in the worship of Yahweh through the golden calf. And so it repeats that pattern. They they cross the Jordan, then they conquer Jericho, but then they have the agony of defeat at Ai because of Achan's sin. And this, in a way, is the motif of Israel's history in general. Great victory, trusting God, and then great defeat due to not trusting God and engaging in idolatry. Now, many of the accounts in the middle section of the book of Joshua, you're going to read over and over again about how Joshua led his people to victory. He destroyed all the people. Uh, sometimes he d- it says that he both destroyed all the people and their animals. And sometimes he even destroyed all the people, all the animals, and all their possessions. Now, I'll tell you that Christians and skeptics alike at times are troubled by these accounts. Why would God call his people to basically perform genocide against the Canaanite people? This is a very perplexing and difficult question for many people. It seems so against what we know about God as being all loving and and so compassionate toward people. But what we always have to remember is that God's love is part of God's character, but also is his holiness and his justice. And in these cases, what we have learned from archaeology is that the Canaanite people, they engaged in many detestable practices, including child sacrifice. These were not nice people. And this was God's judgment against the evil of their culture and their detestable idolatrous practices. In a way, this is a foreshadowing of the judgment that is to come when Jesus returns. When Jesus came the first time, he did not come as judge. He came as Savior and Messiah. But when he comes again in his second coming, he will come as a conquering king and his judgment will be thorough against those who engage in detestable practices like the Canaanites. So in this sense, Joshua is acting as a foreshadowing uh, in human form of the justice that God will bring about at the end of the age. Then there's some discussion about how the land is divided between the tribes and, and the Levites and the allotment for different specific tribes. So you'll read about that. Also, the cities of refuge are mentioned again and uh, which specific cities those will be and uh, where the Levites will live. And then when we get to the end of the book in chapters 23 and 24, uh, Joshua is saying farewell to the leaders. He's calling his people to be strong, to obey the book of the law of Moses, not to turn aside to the right or to the left, and to forsake the worship of all other gods. What I think is interesting is during this sermon at Shechem, where they're renewing the covenant of God, Joshua gives this statement that kind of foreshadows what we'll see happen next week in the book of Judges. He repeats all of the things that God has done for them. 
And he goes all the way back to Abraham. He says, long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. And that's in chapter 24, verse 2. And we know from archaeology that the gods that were worshipped in that area was the moon. And so it's quite possible that Abraham was out worshipping the moon. And then Yahweh comes to him and says, you will be the father of my people. Uh, it says in verse 3, I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates. I led him throughout Canaan. I gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. And I gave him the hill country. And then I sent Moses and Aaron. And I did all these things. I brought you to this land. And I helped you conquer all these people. I gave you Jericho. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. It says in verse 14, throw away your gods. Throw away the gods of your ancestors, worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. And the people answered, Far be it from us to forsake the Lord, to serve other gods. It was the Lord our God who brought us up and our parents out of Egypt from the land of slavery. Perform these great signs before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. We will serve the Lord because he is our God. And then notice Joshua's response in verse 19. You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. But the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. We are witnesses. Yes, they replied. Now then, said Joshua, throw away your foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. See, Joshua saw right through them. They were with their lips professing great allegiance to Yahweh. And yet, even among them at that time was already foreign gods. They had not gotten rid of all of the Canaanite religious practices. They were still hanging on to some things. They had not fully obeyed. And so when Joshua says in verse 19, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy and jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion or your sins. That is a foreshadowing of so many things to come in Israel's history. We'll start seeing that unfold next week in the book of Judges, but it will be a theme throughout the book of the second half of first Kings all the way through the book of second Kings and then also repeating in Chronicles. This will be a theme that will eventually land the Israelites in captivity and then at the very end of chapter 24, Joshua dies. Then he's buried in the promised land. And then it says in verse 31, Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of all the elders who outlived him, who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. And we're going to come back to that verse next week because right away in the book of Judges, it's going to say the people obeyed the Lord all the days of Joshua. But then when that generation died, there arose a generation who knew not Joshua 
or the works and the miracles of the Lord. So we're going to look at that next time in the book of Judges. I love the book of Judges. I'm looking forward to that. But this week, I hope you enjoy the book of Joshua and all that God does through his people to fulfill his promise to give them the land. Make sure that you've picked up the next installment in your Route 66 study companion. It's called King Me Lessons in Leadership. And we're going to be going from Joshua all the way through Esther, all the historical books in this unit, and even starting a little bit in the book of Job, which will be the poetry and uh, the focus of the third unit. But you're going to need your study companion. It's kind of your roadmap that you're going to need to get you where you need to go through our times together. So be sure to pick up that study companion. And also this week, take a few minutes to read the opening pages in your study companion on pages 8 and 9 about the background of the book of Joshua. There's a little background for each book in your study companion. That's a great little five-minute read that will get you oriented to the text and get you ready to read the book of Joshua. Well, that's it for this week. I can't wait to connect with you again next week, and we'll continue our adventure together. Until then, God bless.